mask forever, jab forever, and kids falling behind in school, that can mean one thing and one thing only. It is a Truth or Fiction Tuesday here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppins, he's Pat Oni, and let's put our critical thinking caps on. Good Truth or Fiction Tuesday to each and every single one of you. You can follow me at The Coppins Show, you can follow Pat over there at The Pat Oni Show. Um, we have a lot to get into on a truth or fiction Tuesday. Before we get into anything else, um, thoughts and prayers have to go out to the Michigan State University community this morning. Um, last night, a seemingly deranged moron, a 43-year-old man with literally, allegedly, no known connection to the university, gunned down three innocent Michigan State University students killed three of them, wounded five more. Um, as of seven a.m., uh, so six a.m. Central Time, three people were killed, five wounded. Before the suspect reportedly shot and killed himself, police said the shooter was a forty-three-year-old man with no connection to the school. Huh. So why? <clears throat> we have no idea why he came to campus to do this. I mean, now it sounds really I am like not, we have a policy number one of not naming names, right? We right, we don't right. do that, right? Um, of mass shooters, but I I will tell you this: the police have released photographs of this individual, uh huh, and it's exactly what you would expect. Crazy eyes? Um, no, you don't see the eyes. Okay, but crazy dress, right? Like looks like somebody who has potentially massive mental issues and has been on the fair enough been on the street i mean it's it's, it sounds crazy it sounds deranged Mm -hmm. just just from what you've described yeah yep and and it's brutal um you know i have lots of friends who attended michigan state uh family my uh sister-in-law and her family have had multiple generations attend that university. So I can only imagine what that community is going through or any community that has this happen. Um, so, yes, our thoughts and our prayers are going out to that community. Um, only thing I can say is, can you make sense of the senseless? No. Um, so find your solace in God and um, turn to him in these times. That's all I can really tell you. Um, brutal news out of Michigan State. And again, Michigan has some interesting gun laws, um, especially in areas like Lansing, right? Um, and in East Lansing. So it'll be interesting, especially because um pretty sure Michigan State University is a gun-free zone, right, Pat? Uh, pretty sure. Yeah, okay. So yeah. that's all I'm really going to say on that. I don't think we need to get into politics. I don't think we need to get into gun control versus no gun control Blah, 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 blah. Again, you can you ever make sense out of the senseless? No. So I wanted to lead off with that because, you know, it is important to recognize that uh, something very tragic and senseless happened. Um, and yeah, that's any thoughts on your end there, Pat? Um, yeah, I mean, it, until... I mean, we've always been this way until the the actual facts come out. You know, I I don't want to comment too much on this. Um, I mean, from what it sounds like, sounds like this guy just lost his mind, um, went crazy and did what he did. It's tragic. It's horrific. My my prayers to the um, individual families and and those that survived. Um, May they have a speedy recovery and get the help that they need. But I... Like I said, until until the rest of the facts come out, I mean, there's really not a whole lot I can say. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I wanted to get into before we get into our truth or fiction statements here, Pat, is something from your home state of Ohio. And we haven't talked about this at, on the program, but over the weekend, uh, a massive tragedy happened in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, a train derailment that apparently... The train itself had been on fire, Pat, for 20-some-odd miles before this derailment happened. And um, 
fire toxic chemicals into the air. Mm. I, I just, it's also tragic and brutal for that community because much like other communities, um, and it, it happened here in in the Chicagoland area just a few years ago where a factory had caught on fire, toxic chemicals into the air, and people are you know, still dealing with the ramifications of cancer diagnoses and, you know, increased uh, issues. This is some of the most toxic chemical spill situations we've ever seen. I just. Yeah, I can't imagine the fear that this community is going through right now. The the fear of the unknown. Right. Right. Uh, Because what did the government decide to do here? They decided well, I mean, to control burn it, right? right? They decided that they need to get rid of the the toxic chemicals by burning it. And so they, they ordered an evacuation, I think, of a square mile, right? But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on um, with this that are, that's really dangerous and, and brutal. And, and these look, these things are... You're, you're carrying toxic chemicals. It could happen at any point in time, anywhere, at any you know, right, any given right. moment. But right. I just here's where I come down on this, Pat. I just have one very basic question. Where in the hell is the transportation secretary today? Or yesterday? Or at any point in time getting in front of a camera and showing some effing leadership? Um, it's a great question. Um, I, I, I have jokes here, but I, I now is not the time or the place. No, no, you there's know? no time or place it's, for jokes in this situation. Well, well, I mean about, about him, but it's, it's, here's the thing is, is he's got to be one of the most incompetent people in this administration has to be. He has no qualifications top, for his position. Top five most incompetent members of the Biden administration. Off the top yeah. of your head, go. Uh, let's see. Buttigieg, Harris. Um, I mean, number one's going to be, uh, for, for me personally, has to be um, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Number two's got to be Biden. Um, number three is going to be Kamala Harris. Number four is going to be Pete Buttigieg. And then, gosh, I'm. Oh, come on. This is an easy list for me. Number five. I mean, I, I, I could, I could put Janet Yellen in there. That's good. Put, that's an interesting choice. Yeah. yeah um, number five is the hard one. I think you yeah. nailed the four. I would put Biden at the top. I would put Kareem Jean-Pierre number two. I would put Buttigieg number three. I would put uh, Kamala Harris number four, and then number five would be between Dick Levine, uh, Janet Yellen, oh, yeah. and yeah. Michelle Walensky. Yeah. Well, here's the only reason I didn't give Biden number one is because how do you give someone that has dementia number one? So here's how so. you do it. Um, take a look, look at the last 40 years of his life. He is one of the most incompetent boobs to have ever graced the Senate. <laughs> Right. Like, I mean, that's true. That's he's, true. That, he's yeah, been that, on the that, wrong side of every single issue when it comes to foreign policy. He has lied, plagiarized his way through life. He is an absolute. So I shouldn't say incompetent. He is either the most brilliant individual to have pulled off this kind of a con or he is the best grifter I have ever seen. But he is also incompetent when, as a standalone person, has to think for himself. And that has been proven out time and time and time again, because he can't think for himself. So that's why I would put that up there. But but I, but back to the Ohio situation here, Pat. In, in situations of fear and tragedy and despair, right? Can Pete Buttigieg or anybody else at that at, at the head of the Department of Transportation realistically change the scenario? No. 
right? So, but critically thinking through this, he can be somebody who can go into the community, can be not necessarily on the ground in that community at that moment, right? Because of the toxicity, but you can be in Ohio. You could be on national television giving interview after interview after interview. You know, do an eight-hour, do a four-hour um, block of interviews and just boom, 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 and show some leadership. Take the fear yeah, out of the situation. Show something. some competence about what is going on. Understand, empathize, right? Show empathy and competence at your job. OK, that's all you need to do in these situations to help the people who are what fearful for returning back to their homes. But well, the third if, if, part of this here real quick, Pat, before we get to you. The third part of this is not just competence, right? Not just showing empathy. It is also showing and proving that people can trust because what do we also know? trust of anything the federal government is going to do has already been broken. So can anybody believe anything that is coming out of the mouth of the federal government and AKA Pete Buttigieg at this point? Probably not, unfortunately. So how do you show that? How do you regain some of that trust? You build it brick by brick. And an easy way to do this is to get in front of the situation Talk openly and transparently and honestly about the situation and show that you have competence. Now you've restored some sort of faith and trust. And hey, by the way, I, I know that Pete Buttigieg is going to speak the truth to me. I'm going to listen. But I mean, that's not happening here. I mean, I, I agree with all of that on all points. I, I guess I guess I have really just a question of, of do we know what kind of toxic chemicals that that were burning? And two, it was the right thing to do here to continue to do a controlled burn. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's the right answer or the right way to go about things. Uh, to me, that just instills more fear if you're going to do that. Yeah. So just to me, it just it just doesn't look like it's been handled the right way all the way around. And over the weekend, we also had Pete Buttigieg joking about his incompetence, right? I don't know if you saw the video, but uh, he was on C-SPAN 2 talking uh, at the uh, National Association of Counties, okay? Joking about his failures, quote, we faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Now we got balloons. <laughs> That's literally what he did. Yeah, that's not funny. Like, quite honest to God, nobody thinks this is funny. Nobody. I. What? Is it a nervous tick because you're an incompetent boob? Word of the day. <laughs> or what? At this point. I'm failing to understand. All right. So with that out of the way, Pat, it is time for us to play a little bit of truth or fiction on this Tuesday. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'm going to let you decide today. Okay. Well, we're going to go with you first. Okay. Your first truth or fiction of the day is China will go to war with us first before Taiwan. China will go to war with us first before Taiwan. Taiwan. I am going to say that this is fiction because well, Taiwan will be the war. precursor to war with us. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe there will not be a conventional war with the United States of America. What I firmly believe is that China will fight that war with ones and zeros and in uh, re Riembi or whatever their currency is versus the U.S. dollar. I, I It'll be an economic, not a physical war. It will be a cyber kinetic war, not a invasionary type of a situation. Because what have we already seen throughout the world? We've already seen Saudi Arabia indicate that 
they're willing to talk about the U.S. being the oil reserve currency. We've seen other, you know, other places. Africa is a huge fight that's going on right now between the West and China. If you've been paying attention to anything that's going on there, like it, most Americans have no clue that in Ethiopia they have one of the best tr public transportation systems and in, in the entire world, and it was all bought and paid for by China. Why? Because China also get gained access to their um, supply chain, if you will, right? So in return for building this modern apparatus of public transportation, right, we're going to modernize Ethi freaking opia, right? In return for that, we get your precious, precious, uh, precious resources. Um, I, I, we're basically repeating the 17 and 1800s all over again, Pat. That's basically what's going on. China is basically colonizing Africa again. That's what's happening just in not in full on. They they have all of the economic control that the physical colonization of, you know, Congo and Ethiopia and Egypt and, and Morocco and and all that was going on in the 17 and 1800s. Right. It's just that they don't physically control it. They control the purse strings, and that's good enough these days. So I don't think they go to physical war with us. I think they what they will do is they will do that to Taiwan to test our resolve in whether we mean what we say and say what we mean. And I, I, I mean, I can argue that we already know the result of that. You and I might know that. But China is going to do that. And then they will... I believe as they are physically attacking Taiwan, making us distracted to that, they're going to be over here fighting the economic side of things, fighting the ones and zeros with us. And before we know it, we've lost. I think we have to prepare ourselves for the day or the, the decade ahead that we are no longer a superpower in the world. We're just another power. That's the reality. I mean that that's a that's a pretty fair assessment. Um, I, I I did notice that you you hesitated a little there to say fiction. Um, I I come down on this. I mean, I've gone back and forth on this for the last few days. I'll be I'll be honest. And this is coming for me. This is coming as a uh, in the wave of all the balloon and UFO incidents, mm -hmm. which, by the way, I firmly believe most, if not all, of this is China with all these UFOs. Um, that that's just my personal belief. I I think they are. This is where where this is coming from because, like, I don't think. First of all, if if there were aliens. Um, that were in why are they using balloons you, you're telling me they don't have better technology than a balloon um <laughs> so you know i mean that that's that's well, i, I joke but joke we don't know that, the rest but, of those three uh, other objects that were shot down they have no idea right right you right, can't right. find so, them right so here's here's my my ultimate point though is is china i think is is looking at or trying to look at weak points in continental North America, not necessarily just the United States, but North America, because we had stuff in Canada too, right? Um, so I I think they are looking for weak weak points. Um, I think they're trying to understand our setup. Um, do do they enter into a hot war with us? Probably not. Um, I do think I agree with you on this, and this is kind of where I ended up with it as well, is is Taiwan is a precursor. Um, but I, I can see to a point where there is a hot war. I think it is primarily fought with ones and zeros, but I can see where there are certain situations where this could go hot. Whether they started or we started, I think it would remain to be seen. But I think it's going to come down to whoever starts that hot version of the war is going to come down. Who's losing the ones and zeros war? 
who's lo- losing the currency war because they're going to use that to try to level the pl- playing field in my in my humble opinion they're already doing that that's my point about talking about africa that's my point about talking about saudi arabia and their um, potential move and that's my point when you take a look at what's going on in ukraine right and we have talked about right. this ad nauseum my point in the ukraine is that in the ukrainian war not the ukraine but in the ukrainian yeah. war that's going on is that we are setting up on Ukraine's side, not because we believe that Ukraine is worthy of fighting. What we believe is that, and, and by we, I mean our government, okay? I, I, I firmly believe that if you were to poll the people and they, and they understood the choice that is being brought before them, the choice of international socialism, international economics, one world digital currency right that's where this yeah. is heading okay the 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 idea that we're going to have one currency okay we are siding there why because we're going to be the world's currency okay we are already that so what we are fighting for is our status okay the other side is national economic socialism russia wants national control they want their currency to be their currency. They want to be able to trade with China in Chinese currency, and that has power. You look at India, you look at China, you look at Russia, Iran, all of them are on the other side. It has nothing to do with anything other than taking the United States down a peg. And how do you do it? You make them no longer the economic superpower you take away the ability for the United States dollar to have power. That is the battle that is going on. It is international economic socialism. What you stakeholder capitalism, whatever the hell you want to call it, versus the national idea. Look at Dugan, okay? Understand what Alexander Dugan believes because it is exactly what Vladimir Putin is fighting for. They spell it out for you. So, I agree with you that that it is important to understand that. All right. That being said, Pat, I think it is time for me to present my first uh, truth or fiction here today. And it is... Are you ready for this one? Kids Uh, fell behind in school because of COVID. Kids fell behind in school because of COVID. Truth or fiction, Mr. Padoni? 120% truth. I mean, let's let's think about it from, from this perspective for just a second. And I, and I, I actually can see this um, because my wife is a teacher and she's had experience with this. And she teaches a very uh, hands-on class, by the way. So... That also became an issue when COVID first hit. Holy uh, teacher double entendre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shut up. Uh, so. <laughs> you got to be careful uh, about your hands-on teachers these days. Uh, right. Right. No, no kidding. No freaking what kidding. So here's. Basically, it comes down to this. Let's go back to when. They were forcing kids to mask up in schools. Mm-hmm. If you're, especially if you're doing that to kids that are of the younger age variety, like preschool, kindergarten, maybe even like first, second grade. Those are the ages when you were learning how to read, and being able to learn how to read, your teacher is also teaching you how to enunciate. You're wearing that mask. You can't really see them enunciate with how they are saying things. Right. We've talked about this ad nauseum. So, mm-hmm. Right, right. So so in that in that respect, yes, kids, kids did fall behind, especially in those kind of in those areas. Um going a hundred percent online, especially with a hands-on class like foods, sewing, you know, learning those skills. Mm-hmm. Kids fell behind because there's a lot of kids, by the way. My wife could not require 
kids to do certain projects based upon what right, resources right. they may or may not have at home. Okay. So in that respect, yes, they fell behind. Um, I also think when it came to um, – I know for me personally, I, I struggled with math in high school. With I meth? Was terrible. Uh, math. math or meth? Math. <laughs> you know, mathematics. <laughs> you jerk. Um, Arithmetic. <laughs> uh, in this case, in this case, uh, Andrew uh, apparently excelled at uh, chemistry and mathematics, but um, right anyway, bad, baby. Uh, w- Walter White over here, um, but uh, I I struggled with those things, and there there were times where I had to stay after school to meet with the teacher one on one, so I could better understand the material. Kids couldn't do that throughout this whole process either, especially for for subjects that are incredibly difficult, like chemistry, physics, you know, um, higher sure. degree, like calculus, things like that, where yep. there is a, a level of difficulty where where people need help. And, sure. and they need the availability of the teacher. So you so, think this is I, true? I okay. True. Yeah. So I purposely put this this way, Pat. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to it. Okay. Okay. Kids fell behind in school because of COVID. Oh, uh, I see what you did here, you jerk. They did not. And and here's here's where this comes from, the Washington uh-huh. Post. Okay. Uh-huh. Had this to say, this is this is the headline, and also the um, this is the headline, and also their uh, story on on Instagram. Okay, thanks uh-huh. to COVID, half of kids fell below grade level in at least one subject. Half of kids fell below grade level in at least one subject, thanks to COVID. Right? Okay, you lawyered. I didn't lawyer you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your inability I, I, to interpret I read it, I, the words. I, I was gonna say I read it one way, but now I see where you're going with this, and, and my answer would change because of that. But the Washington Post wants you to believe that the disease COVID is what caused this to happen. No. This no. is fiction, a thousand percent fiction. Did the disease change things? Yes. But 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 the reaction of the teachers unions, school districts, uh, superintendents, right. the reaction, the human reaction to this is what caused this. The fear mongering, the panic porn, right? Right. I, I, I cannot I, I emphasize this enough. Okay. We had all of the proof we needed to, quote unquote, safely return to school. In what? July of 2020. By July 1st of 2020, we had all of the information we needed. Why? Because (coughs) we're one of the only places in the entire world that takes a three-month break from school. Okay? That's it. So everywhere else in the world was returning to school. Everywhere else in the world was doing class activity, right? Masked or unmasked, okay? In fact, most of the places were unmasked for the very reasons that you've brought up with learning capabilities, right? Right. There was literally no excuse for for what took place. Right, so... Here in the United States of America. COVID did nothing to do with this. COVID had nothing, and I repeat, nothing to do with how kids fell behind in school. It was how teachers unions, administrators, and politicians reacted to this that caused this problem. This is a human problem. This has nothing to do with the disease. The, the, in, in, this isn't just a misinterpretation of the headline, by the way. If you read the article, the article blames... COVID blames the disease, blames the fact that we had to do X, Y, Z, right? They blame the disease for the reaction. No. Again, we had all of the studies from all over the globe, whether that was Africa, Asia, 
Western Europe, Eastern Europe, all over the globe. We had all of the information, right? All of it that told us, get your asses back into school. It'll be fine. And what do we know that history is suggesting to us about here in the United States of America? Getting their asses back in school would have prevented this. Again, cost-benefit analysis could have easily been done here, and it was all over the globe. We failed an entire generation, and we have no idea what the real ramifications of this are going to be, and we probably won't for another 15 to 20 years. We are likely to see things, but we won't be able to put the dots together for another 15 to 20 years, probably, Pat. Probably. Because we won't see the ramifications, the full-on ramifications of this, until we start seeing these people interact with society as real adults. Right. This is this is a, a failure due to our reaction or due to teachers and teacher unions and school districts' reaction to COVID, not COVID itself. And one of the greatest examples of the failure of this is the Chicago Teachers Union, who decided to do what? Right before COVID, Pat, went on strike in the in November or late October, early November of 2019. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I remember they went that. on strike mm-hmm. to do what? To gain political clout and power. They basically had in their contract the ability to nullify any sort of of city law that would be in place in regards to education. They had the ability to basically politically activate for that, not use the political action committee that is created out of them, but to literally use the rank and file, to literally use money, okay? Then as we went into the COVID era, if you will, right, there they were one of the, along with New York, LA, and a few others, were one of the most insane in their demands, right? It wasn't just better filtration in the schools, which I would agree is a helpful scenario, period, amen, by the way. I mean, we all know that schools are what, Pat? Breeding grounds for germs and disease, right? Tell um, me about it. So if you if you can increase the filtration, it would be helpful, period, amen, right? Okay, so that's not a terrible demand. But they went from demanding stuff about basic health, right, to right. demanding all sorts of political things and all sorts of things that had nothing to do with this demanding, you know, work flexibility and this and that and the other thing and and demanding fealty to progressive causes all over the place. They played politics with kids education, not once, not twice, but three times over the last six years. Okay. Here in Chicago, Two strikes, which are illegal, by the way, striking over anything other than salary or basic contract demands is illegal here in the state of Illinois. Yet they've done it not once, not twice, but three times and gotten away with it all three times because the fealty of the judiciary here in this state is to the Democratic Party machine. And who funds that? And by the way, to help us really kind of hammer this point home on Thursday, we're actually going to have a special guest here from the Illinois policy uh, group here in Chicago and in the state of Illinois talking about their brand new documentary that talks about what the CTU. Yes. The Chicago teachers union and its abuse and use and misuse of funds um, how they've become just a political animal, not a teacher welfare union, if you will, Um, and a lot of the shenanigans that are going on. In fact, right now, um, we have a candidate, Brandon Johnson, who is one of the top three candidates running for mayor here in Chicago. Pat, do you know, could you fathom a guess as to who Brandon Johnson might be affiliated with and uh, how he has become a top candidate for the mayoral election here in Chicago. Can you fathom a guess? Yeah, I mean, 
because I, I, I know nothing about him. Is he right or left? It's the city of Chicago. <laughs> right. All right. So <laughs> I guess that's a dumb question. <laughs> um, Paul Vallis is about as right as you get. And he was a former head of the CTU yeah. and uh-huh. head of uh, Chicago public schools for crying out loud. It, is he is he by chance associated with the CTU? Uh, bingo! He's the yeah. former vice president of the Chicago Teachers Union, who just so happens to get um, large donations, not from the political action committee, but directly from the Chicago Teachers Union. It is almost like they are just paying him off during this election. What? What? They don't they don't like Beetlejuice. Nobody likes Beetlejuice, especially. Not after the last couple of years. But having said that, so we're going to be talking to Illinois Policy about their new documentary. It is out on their YouTube channel. Uh, we'll put a link in the description of the video uh, to it. But we're going to be talking to them about their it's an all it's an hour long documentary. It's called Local One. Um, and it highlights not just its um, failure to help teachers, but its actual political action that happens directly from general funding, by the way, not from because you're supposed to be able to, by the way, just like you are, I believe in Utah, if you're a teacher, right, there's a certain portion of your union dues that are the political action committee portion. You can say no thank you to that. And that does not get taken out of your paycheck. That was always the case in Wisconsin. It's the case here in Illinois. I don't know if it is out in Utah, but they're not talking about that portion of the funds. They're talking about general funding. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to have Illinois policy on on Thursday to do a deep dive into the documentary. So you're going to want to watch it um, out there in our audience so you know what we're talking about. But if it's happening here, I guarantee you it's happening by you too. And that's why it's important to pay attention to this. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So with that having been said, Mr. Pat Oni, are you ready to play? A little bit of the B or not the B. I'm always ready to play the B or not the B. All right. So today's headline is <clears throat> they seriously want us to mask forever. They seriously want us to mask forever. And while you are thinking about that, folks, if you are looking for really good coffee, Without the side of politics or like, oh, great, I got to go to a lefty coffee shop and hand them money. Go to our friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Again, go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. They have amazing unflavored, flavored, small batch roasted, basically directly roasted into your uh, bag of coffee. And it's a good Utah company. That's right. Coffee brand coffee um, at the quartering, I think, is involved with the with the company. Um, so if you want to check that out, please do so coffeebrandcoffee.com. You'll get 5% off of your purchase with the promo code critical thinking. Yes. 5% off of your purchase. And by the way, just like Pat, if you are not a, a, uh, coffee drinker, they've got teas. They also have uh, hot chocolate. Pat loves the hot chocolate. So go ahead and check out coffeebrandcoffee.com promo code critical thinking 5% off of your purchase today. All right. Do you need the headline one more time? No, it's a simple enough headline, and I'm going with not to be, um, just because this is actually true. They they really do want us to mask forever, Joe. And you would be correct. This is not to be the headline. They seriously want us to mask forever. Harambee, the one writing. <laughs> I just love some of their names. By the way, here's the thing: there 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 is no there there's no better person. I mean, other than maybe Joel Abbott. Right, because right. he's a fantastic writer as well. But there, there's not a better person to be doing this one than Harambe. It's just two weeks to slow the spread. Don't worry about it. It's not like we'll be doing this forever. 1,064 days later, NPR. Are there certain places where we should continue masking forever? We asked three experts to weigh in. And he says, as an expert, a Dwight Schrute, um, um, a Dwight Schrute gif here. Just no, no. Let's put it this way, no. But if you're if you're curious, the article is arguing that the vaccines help slow the spread. They don't. 
And then if you are in a large enclosed space, then maybe you should wear a mask from now on. I, I just have a, I have an honest to God question, Pat. Uh huh. An honest to God question. Uh huh. Who thinks that this is a real thing? I, I mean, you Even have to be a mental patient. You literally have to be a mental patient to believe that this does anything other than, other than give you this kind of security blanket feel right well if i if i just wear the mask i feel better about myself it does nothing to actually help you literally nothing there's no study anywhere in the world that that tells us that this is actually a a realistic benefit we knew this again april of 2020 Every study since then has, yes, some minor benefit, but it comes with the caveat that even those people who were not masked in all of these studies did not see a significant difference in transmission, in catching, in blah, 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 any category about about masking. The only thing that is more fiction in this entire scenario, Pat, is social distancing. That is a complete fabrication, uh, uh, a absolutely insane how it went from a freshman high school science fair project in New Mexico in the 2000s to literally a sitting president of the United States of America believing this to be true. This is how unserious our serious scientists are. Yet here we are. There, I, you know what's hilarious, by the way, Pat? I have to tell this story because it is very, very funny. Um, so my, I go to the orthopedic doctor, right, to do all my stuff, pre-surgery, post-surgery, okay? It shares clinic space in the hospital with the, the hospital's outpatient orthopedic side. Okay, right. Uh huh. Uh huh. So literally, it's like a it's a the same office space, the exact same office space. One half of it is Illinois Bone and Joint Institute, the other half is the hospital. The hospital, you, I walk through the same door, right, as everybody else, whether you are one side or the other. Uh huh. The hospital will tell you put your mask on, IBJI, right. Uh-huh. Nope. I am sitting in the same waiting room. One side or the other. You know, one side says mask forever and the other side says meh. In fact, in fact, one of the um one of the assistants or PAs or whatever, she's one of the people who take people back and forth, right? Um yeah. <clears throat> to rooms and this and that and it's kind of the organizer, right? Of the chaos. She's pregnant right now. You think she's wearing a mask at IBJI? Nope. No. In fact, when I went to the hospital, Pat, I had to wear a stupid mask walking in, walking and, and sitting in the waiting room. I get back to the room where they're prepping me for surgery. Meh. <laughs> it is all bullshit theater. There's no way in hell you can tell me scientifically that sitting in the same waiting room, one side is the hospital, one side is an independent organization, that that makes any damn sense. What is it? Sesame Street that comes to mind. One of these things just doesn't belong here. Yeah, it it makes no – I'm literally – like you have to walk (laughs) through the, the sliding partition door, right? It's not like uh, one side of the 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 desk has like a you know one side of the room has a partition. There's no, there's no wall separating. No. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same like U shaped counter. One half is the one side, and the other half is the other. It's all bullshit theater at this point. All right. 
Now I got that out of the way. <laughs> it's time for us to finish up truth or fiction. So, Pat, I'm going to go with your uh, second truth or fiction here. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. All right. So your second truth or fiction, speaking of uh, COVID, we will never be rid of the poisonous jab. So to, for, for context sake, this is coming from um, in wake of an article from the Daily Wire where the, the headline is CDC adds code of acts to routine immunization schedules for both children and adults. So it's, it's going to be a routine thing, kind of like your chicken pox, MMR type vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at this point in time, we are never getting rid of the poisonous jab. It's going to be a part of our lives for y'all. Truth or fiction? So I am going to have to go with fiction on this. Okay. And here's why. Because I firmly believe as we get further and further out from this, what we are going to see is more and more people saying, uh, you know, as we get more and more evidence, we are already seeing it. Um, we already see people like Nancy Mace, right, go literally in front of cameras talking about the adverse effects that now she has probably for the rest of her life, like random heart murmurs. That's kind of a bad idea. Um, asthma, all of these things. We are seeing people starting to pile on and pile on and pile on and pile on with all of this stuff, right? And it's more and more evidence time and again. And as people pay attention to it, and as people start maybe even anecdotally interacting with it in their own lives, right? Are they going to put that into their six-month-old, their three-year-old, their five-year-old? You mean my five-year-old could have myocarditis for the rest of their lives? My five-year-old could have a heart condition? Hell to the no. And furthermore, I firmly believe you're going to see people that will just challenge the CDC on this. They'll challenge them in court because what's the rationale? You don't do this with the flu. You are requiring this type of immunization. This is not a this is not a one and done. This is not a two and done. And you know what I mean? Like there's a schedule to this and then you're done. You don't don't ever have to get it again in your life. That's what those scheduled immunizations are about, right? But even with those immunizations, there's some questions, right? And things that parents need to be able to pay attention to. I, I firmly believe we're going to be done with this when we start realizing the full scale of where this has gone. When we start realizing that we start to see rising mortality for those that are vaccinated. And maybe we go into my truth or fiction and we have a broader discussion here because I think they're semi-related. Because my second uh, truth or fiction is this one. Mortality of the vaccinated will top that of the unvaccinated. Hmm. Truth or fiction. And I'm saying that this is going to be truth. Because what do we know about the mortality rates, right? We know that broadly it's about 0.003%, right? Or 0.03%, roughly. Somewhere in that region. It might be lower now as we go forward um, and, and as these become less deadly, although more transmissible. What do we know? Those that are unvaccinated are actually having less and less of an issue. What we are seeing is more people who are supposedly healthy, vaccinated, right, having issues not just with COVID, but in general. We're seeing grown-ass adults with no known health issues, just dropping. And we look at the data from Western and Eastern Europe. We look at the data from um, Asia. What are we seeing? We are seeing the people who are vaccinated having not just adverse effects, but just randomly dropping dead. The right. unvaccinated are not. 
So as we go further and further along from this, I think you're going to find out the mortality rate of those who are vaccinated will be higher. We've seen pre-study that there might be some issues with some of the methodology used, but it's a warning shot. They're talking about potentially 14 to 20% higher mortality for those that are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Now, you can also make the case that the unvaccinated are the few at this point, right? Mm. Because we had quite a bit of buy-in from all of Western Europe, right? Um, all the pressure, all of that. But here in the United States, we saw what? Maybe 75, 80% compliance? Somewhere uh, in that region. Somewhere did, in that did region. It make it, did it make it to 80%? I, I, I know it's it was somewhere in that region. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for those few of us who decided, I'm going to wait and see, because that's the approach that I took, Pat. It was not that I wouldn't ever get it. I took the, I want to wait and see and understand the totality of, of what could or couldn't happen to me. And then once I saw that, I went, ah, uh, no, no, thank you. I will deal with the consequences of getting temporarily sick. Turned out that was probably the smart decision on my part as we're looking at all these adverse events that are going on. So, you know, I think we will eventually rid ourselves of this jab. I think it will take people to spread, not the gospel, if you will, because that's blasphemy in my view, but spread the truth of, you know, Fauci and bargain to understand really what's been going on. Um, looking at like the rise of the Fourth Reich, right? The the book by Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz, which, by the way, spoiler alert, we will be doing a book club on. I also tweeted that out. Um, we both are ordering. We both ordered that book. We could have gotten a preprint copy if we wanted one. That's how important we believe this book to be. By the way, is that we put our own money up to buy a book that we could have easily gotten for free. Um, so with that having been said, Pat, I I look at both of these together right once we figure out mortality is a problem comparatively right you're going to mm -hmm. see parents making a choice for their children to say no thank you we're going to see people more broadly rejecting continuation of jabbing jabbing jab 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 more importantly we also are starting to see information come out about the lie from the very get-go, the very first lie about the mRNA vaccination was not about transmissibility or uh, stopping you from getting sick. The very first lie is that this will not alter your makeup. That's We're seeing that actually happen. We're seeing not just spike proteins sitting in your body. We are seeing them change and alter your immune systems. We're seeing it change and alter some of the technology that your body uses right so <coughs> as i as as i look at that as we understand that and as that inf information becomes more and more broad in more and more mainstream i also will say this pat i think you will see somebody who is ultra famous i think you'll see somebody who has a large platform unfortunately die after taking a jab again and again and again and again and again. And that well, will did, stop it. Did, did you see Mark Levin's announcement on that? Yeah. And that's something that boggles my mind to how, because I look at it this way, right? I grew up on, not so much Rush, although I'd listen to him when I could. Uh, it was more um, Michael Savage because he was always on like after drive time. Drive time. So uh -huh. Michael Savage, Mark Levin at night. I grew up, you know, in my teens and early twenties, listening to those guys religiously. Because number one, Michael Savage, whether you agree or disagree with him, it was highly entertaining uh, radio. But Mark Levin. One of the stalwarts of, of conservatism, one of the stalwarts of the Convention of States movement. You look at a Ben Shapiro, right? 
Right, right. Even Ben Shapiro, even Mark Levin, hawking the ever-loving shit out of the jab, right? Uh, Sean Hannity, jab yourself harder, you know, while I'm also suckling at the teat of Donald Trump, right? So I, I look at it from the perspective of even the people who have been critical thinkers in the past, right? People who have thought through how do we get ourselves out of a jam? How do we return to the principles of liberty in this country? Even those who are predisposed to critical thinking fell into this trap. Mark Levin is sick, really sick, has been really sick. And still jabbed himself again and again and again and again. I believe he got jabbed, what, a sixth time before he, uh-oh, has some yeah. severe issues. And he hasn't been on the radio or television in months. Right? And why don't you let people know what the announcement really was? Well, he came out. I mean, I, I, I just know kind of the 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 gist of it and he had came out and said that uh, he he's been obviously been really sick for a while um and it seems to be a, as a result of the most recent jab that he got which i believe you're correct was number six and is is ultimately i think now starting to question whether or not that was a good idea to you get that think? jab um <laughs> So, so that, 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 uh, I mean, that, that was, that was the crux of it really. Um, but yeah, to your point, he's been sick for a while now. And I mean, this is kind of like one of those, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say one is better than the other type of a deal, but like if you got the J and J vaccine over the MRA vaccines, you're probably better off at this point. But (laughs) not necessarily because there are a lot of issues that they pulled. No, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say that. I'm ch- I'm just saying like like you aren't. You haven't been able to. to you one. did not have to go down the road of multiple jabs. Yes. Right. Okay. I understand that, but there are issues, severe issues that made that right. get pulled from the market. Okay. Um. So I'm looking at it from this perspective, right? As we know that these are these, the 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 stack, the mound of evidence, um, as to the negative consequences of continuing and continue uh continuing jabs and uh and piling jab after jab after jab because that's what you have to do right allegedly right because right. well right. they they the lie that's being told now about the jab is this <laughs> it it will protect you for up to six to eight weeks so every six to eight weeks so every couple of months get a new one and it'll protect yourself no it won't it has never protected anybody from getting sick ever. And in fact, most people who get sick from the jab get sick inside that six to eight weeks, by the way. And I'm not even talking about getting sick from COVID. I'm talking about getting sick from the jab. Right. So I, I and I had this conversation with a buddy of mine and I just said, you know, it, it's like the heroin addict. The heroin addict knows that the next time they shoot up could be the last Right, because they have no idea what they're putting into their bodies. None. They could be right. putting heroin laced with fentanyl in, and it's just the right amount of fentanyl to kill you. Right? Or it could be that you shot it in not into a vein or whatever have you, right? It could be like the cocaine addict, right? Who uh takes that that huge bump and it uh oh uh fentanyl was in there. You didn't know that, right? Most of the time, these people will tell you they know the risk, but they do it anyway. Until something big enough happens in their life, until something triggers that to stop. And I think that something for our society will be somebody ultra famous having this happen to them. Mm -hmm. And poof, maybe on camera, maybe in front of the world, a DeMar Hamlin type of situation that is that turns real tragic. Right, and by real tragic, I mean that that person ended up dying right there and then. That I think we we will see something like that. Sadly enough, we are because we are so taken over by that spirit of the age. But I, I firmly believe it will happen, and it will change that tide. Now, will it change it that tide to maybe Nuremberg esque? 
uh, situations for Pfizer or for Fauci, Burks, for the people at the CDC who had all the information. Right? If, Pat, if I, if a lowly Andrew Coppins in Chicago, Illinois, right, not involved in epidemiology or or cardiology or, you know, any of the ologies, right? Right. Can understand the data, can look at it, can analyze it using the skills that I had in the business world, <laughs> right? If I can do that and come to the conclusion in 2020 that, oh, bleep, we're being lied to. How did you not figure it out? Right. That's going to be the ultimate question that I want answered is why would you ignore one set of information? What is the reason? I think I know the answer to it. Right. I think I know that answer. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar dollar bill, y'all. I'm pretty sure Wu-Tang Clan's cream is playing on repeat inside Rochelle Wolinsky's head, inside the head of Fauci and Burks and all of these guys. But I, yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I, uh, I, I actually, as I think through this, with my truth or fiction statement, um, I believe that that is is fiction. But it's only going to be that if we continue to push and continue to to go down this road. If we don't do that, they are going to push the, the the vaccine or excuse me, the jab forever. Um, and it'll be a requirement. Yeah, forever. I don't disagree if, with you. If we don't do that. We have to stay um, vigilant. I, we have to continue mm-hmm. to push those. So here's a great example, right? Our our theme for this year is confrontation, right. and it can be internal confrontation. Confront things that that you are feeling or experiencing or whatever, right? Confront the sin. Confront this. Confront that, right? <coughs> but we also have to do it outwardly. And the confrontation that we have to might or that we might have to have is actually a confrontation with those in our lives who continue down this road. We might actually have to confront them and say, hey, look, man, or hey, look, um, you know, hey, look, my friend or whatever. Hey, look, we I no, I'm going to continue to present to you all the information. I'm going to beat you over the head with all of it. Time right. and time again, every time you mention the jab, I'm going to co- confront you every single time until you wake up. And this isn't about you making a personal decision, by the way, anymore. This is about right. how the government is beginning to force this, the soft force of this. Because once you put that jab into your arm, it is irreversible is what we are seeing at this point. It's not about its effectiveness. It has an ability to alter your body. Period. How do you get myocarditis from a shot? That is alteration of your body. That's how that happens. You cannot undo. This is not like the flu vaccine, right? This is not like, hey, I need to take this every year because X, Y, Z. No. So the only other way that that your that our thought that this will end up being fiction is if we confront it. If we confront those who believe the lie and and that may be difficult because there's a lot of them, but if you break one, it will be a domino effect going down the line. To, to your point, um, you know, I I do think it's going to take someone incredibly famous to, to drive this Um, someone with, with status to drive this and, and, you know, I know, like some people are saying, well, it'll be like another Demar Hamlin like event. No, I think it has to be much bigger than Demar Hamlin, even. Um, because How? did you know who Demar? I, I didn't know who Demar Hamlin was. It's not about, this. but it's not about that, Pat. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it has to be that type of an event where the where instead of Demar Hamlin being resuscitated and back to life, mm-hmm. the person it, died right in front of your face. Right. Right. Okay. That it doesn't because that is shocking to the system. Damar Hamlin's situation was shocking to the system. Every single person I know, whether they watched the game or not, knew about it, right? right. Now, if we watched right. that happen and that person literally died in that moment, not just was because Damar Hamlin died, okay? He was dead, and they were able to revive him, just like they did to Christian Erickson 
So we had two of these events, right? And and, and they weren't enough. But it's going to take one where that person literally just, just died. J- didn't just go into cardiac arrest, but literally croaked in front of your face for this to stop. It, whether that's somebody super famous or not, it, it has to happen in a very public way. So we'll see. I, and I firmly believe it will happen because we continue to see this crap being pushed by, you know, the players associations. We see this. And that's what I mean by confrontation. What more could it possibly take? Like is Damar Hamlin, right? Well, it, there's no answer there yet. We have not had any sort of public answer as to what the hell happened. The only thing that could possibly have triggered this, right, seems to be if he was continuously jabbing himself. And we don't know the answer to that. He may have only gotten the two jabs to satisfy the the NFL, right? <coughs> In which case, the the further question would be why didn't they catch a a heart condition during physicals that they get every year before the season, right? Right. Because they do a full cardiac workup, by the way. <coughs> so that that would be my question. So it'll be interesting to see if we ever get an answer there. Uh, but with that said, Pat, your final thoughts on today's show. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And get on the train, you incompetent boob. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, make sure you're eating all of your meals and Matthew 547.